Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Janice Sylvia Brock is a truly gifted and inspirational artist. Originally from Manchester, Janice started suffering from severe rheumatoid arthritis as a child, which resulted in her spending a lot of time in hospital, a condition she will live with for the rest of her life. But it was there that her love for painting began. Despite her disability preventing her from being able to take her offered place at Manchester College of Art, the condition has far from stopped her achieving phenomenal success and her compassionate nature shines through in the work she's done to help so many others. She now has two studios, one in the beautiful Cheshire country side and one overlooking the ocean in Barbados. Wow. Her work, which has sold for up to 250,000 US dollars, hangs in collection studios across the globe, including two at the White House in America. She also uses her art to help others. She offers art therapy in prisons, psychiatric hospitals and nursing homes, and she works tirelessly to improve the quality of life for disabled people in the UK and Barbados and has donated work that has raised over $250,000. What a lady, and I am privileged and proud and honoured to have you as a guest on the Sandro Forte podcast. Welcome Janice Sylvia Brock. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be chatting to you, Sandro. And I should say, uh, just in case there's a little bit of background noise, we're doing this by Skype because obviously uh, travelling, either me to you or you to me in particular, uh, has its challenges. But uh, it's lovely to speak to you and I'm very grateful that we've connected. So um, since we have so little time and I've got no pages and pages and pages of notes, so we've got to try and squeeze all this in half an hour. So I'm going to dive straight in if I may. Um, if, you yes. don't, if you don't mind, tell us about your childhood uh, and what it was like in particular spending so much time in hospital as a result of your arthritis because that must have been a challenge in itself yeah I um well my childhood was a very happy childhood I had wonderful parents I had a sister and a, and a brother at that time and then my younger sister was born later on but I had a wonderful childhood and then at the age of 10 I came down with this um still uh, this illness still disease which is a, a severe form of arthritis in children Wow, that must have been um, very difficult to deal with at that, at that age. Well, it, it was because I, I was taken into hospital and never saw the outside world for a year and a half. Um, and I, it was a Victorian hospital and it had a half moon window, um, <laughs> 13 foot high opposite to me. And that was my link with the outside world, uh, whether it was raining or sunny. And sometimes when it was sunny, the sun would come through that window. And anyway, that that's how I lived for a year and a half. And being a very active child and then suddenly my health was taken away it was quite horrible how do, um, how do you how do you deal with that as a young child janice yeah it, it was very very hard i cried a lot as a child um because i i was very athletic i was a good runner swimmer anything to do with sport i did it and you know life was for living and i crammed everything in um 
to the ex, um, to the age of ten, um, and then suddenly, how can I? Oh, I fantasized when I was lying in bed. I was confined to bed because I couldn't move. Um, and I had dreams of the Caribbean. And um, I went into fantasy mode. That was the only way and I could survive. And the pain was so severe in my body from head to foot that I used to chew the sheets um, <laughs> in the bed because I bored and bored them as well. So there were very often holes along the sheets as I would grind my teeth against the sheet. Goodness me. I, I'm interested just to pick up on one word you used in that last sentence, uh, and that was the word fantasize. I'm particularly interested, and we'll circle back to this, uh, about your now connections with Barbados, because you talked about fantasizing about the Caribbean. Um, when, you, yes. when you were in hospital, did you did you kind of suddenly discover this gift for, for painting? Was it something you felt that you were born with, or did this kind of develop as a result of having so much time, uh, I guess, on your hands because of all the treatment and all those long days of wondering what next? Yeah, I I had um, faith, that, um, a little bit of faith, and I prayed to God to give me a special gift. And even though as a child I did art with the teachers, um, not to this extent, and suddenly I, at 13, I started to paint with a paintbrush strapped to my left hand. I'm right-handed, and I sold my first painting at the age of 13 for £28 sterling, <laughs> which was a lot of money then. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it was quite... Um, challenging very challenging i'm sure but uh, you know that that amazing gift that you've got i'm, I'm also uh, aware of the fact that obviously unable to take your place in college but you've gone on to become hugely successful without that kind of formal training behind you so yes. what advice would you give to people in situations where they they too are prevented from following a kind of conventional road or path to success yeah, I I believe everybody has a gift, and when they they have their life goes down a different route, like mine did, um, you have to um, embrace it. I think that's one of the secrets. Embrace your challenges, and um, and know that you have a gift somewhere along the line, and to pursue it, and just don't let anybody deter you from it. You've just got to keep going. So you now coach undergraduates and professional artists. So cons yes. considering, Janice, you were unable to become an undergraduate yourself because of your disability, I mean, this, mm. this achievement just strikes me as incredible, really. But what is it about you as a person that has made all these achievements possible? And I ask you for a very specific reason. You know, you talk about embracing challenges, but kind of easier said than done for many people. But what is it about you as a person that's helped you achieve so much? do you think the love of life um ambition i i came from a family of um, very creative people um and business people and i just had that drive in me my i as i said before i cried a lot when i was younger my mother used to say you have to smile back at the world no matter what challenges you have and 
don't cry, but open your heart and and smile at the world. And and that's what I did. I took on every challenge. And um, my first exhibition was um, in a library, and it was very it was very exciting. But then a woman came into my exhibition and she saw that I'd painted nudes and she ran out in the street screaming, uh, don't go in there, there's nudes on the wall. <laughs> and actually my my first exhibition was so successful, you wouldn't believe. So I advise anybody, bad publicity is great publicity. <laughs> yeah, well said actually, that's true. Um, yes. Janice, so, you, yeah, yeah, I, please continue, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I just had that drive in me to um, go from from strength to strength, um, you know, which was brilliant. Um, and, and and the love of painting. I mean, I love working with colour, um, and I like the way that a painting evolves as you go along. I love looking at a blank canvas because you enter into another world. And when I'm painting, you forget everything. You just forget everything. It's just amazing. And then just applying, I, I work mainly with oils. They're my main media and um, medium. And um, they're just so rich to use. But of, but of late, I had a very big challenge. Um, I took on painting four huge murals. Um, they were 11 foot high by 10 foot wide at Nirvana Spa in Berkshire. And when I first saw the space, I thought, oh, dear God, help me with this. <laughs> and then a little voice said to me, you can do this. And I think that's the secret in life. You can do it. No matter what, you can do it. And I had platforms, I had different levels of stools and um, uh, all sorts of things. And I had a lift, uh, like a scissor lift, that took me to the highest point of the mural. And, you know, it was just amazing. Um, I, I was in work mode. Um, obviously, with my, my disability, my um, I have a colleague that helps. And... He was very wonderful in making it happen with me. Mm. Um, and um, so I was painting at the walls by 7.30 in the morning. I worked right through practically seven, eight hours a day um, staring at a wall. <laughs> Incredible. But I'm a woman with a mission. <laughs> and when I have a challenge, I go all out to make it successful. I have great ambitions uh, to follow my brother's footsteps. Um, he traveled Asia um, a year before he died, and he died quite young. And I've always had it in my heart to do a documentary and follow his footsteps. And I now have another challenge because I want to paint where he went, like paint the Taj Mahal and various other places in Asia, follow his footsteps. Um, and then at the end of it, submit the paintings to raising funds for special charities that are close to my heart. Wow, what a, what a talented 
lady you are. You you offer art therapy to people in situations where, you know, survival is a constant struggle. Could you tell us about the power of art for you, um, for the people that find themselves in these situations, and why you're so, I want to use that word, passionate about it, but the, p- but passionate about it, Janice. Yeah, I'm passionate about art because I couldn't use my hands. I had to be hand-fed when I was a child, and I thought I'd never use my hands again. Um, So every bone in my body is affected by still disease. Um, So I am passionate about being creative. I'm passionate about making things happen. And the wonderful thing about therapy, um, reaching out to help others less fortunate than yourself, is the fact that you bring some sunlight into their lives. You give them hope. Um, I, I, I must tell you a little story. I... I sent a book of poems to um, a a chap in um, prison um, to enlighten his day, you know, to bring some fun into his his day. And um, that book of poetry went all around the prison. (laughs) There were some love poems in in the book and they were copying them and sending them to their wives. And is this is this the same chap I know you've written to in prison? Because uh, you you have a kind of connection with with um, various. No, this is someone else. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is yeah. This is Larry Ross. Okay. Um, I've been writing to him for a long time because a friend from church had been writing to another um, prisoner mm. and said, "We're not here to judge, and it's quite right. We're not here to judge why people are in prison." but if we can help in any way. And Larry is an artist in his own right. And so I started writing to Larry. At first he said, oh, can we have some romance? I said, no, there'll be no romance. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll be your friend. And that's what I am. And I write to him. And I sent him, I had a book, my second book published um, a couple of years ago now. And uh, that book now is a copy of it at Gatesville in Texas. <laughs> and uh, everybody can read it because it's in their library. There's, I bet there's not um, many authors can attest to the fact that they've got uh, books in the prison library over there. So, that, you know, uh, no. <laughs> kudos to you. You you live half the year in Barbados, don't you? And you've got a studio... Yes. Gallery, the other half of your time in Alderley Edge in Cheshire, where uh, people can visit when you're in residence, uh, a bit like the Queen. Yes. So uh, why why Barbados in particular? I mean, it's a place I particularly love. Um, is it because it's... Uh, you, earlier you mentioned about fantasising when you were a child about the Caribbean. Was that what took you to Barbados? Was it something else? Is it a particularly inspirational place for you? Why, why the Barbados and Alderley Edge connections? Yeah, um, I've always had, I'm a great believer in positive thinking, you know, and things happen. If you, you know, you're just positive about everything, it all happens. And I, with my fantasy of the Caribbean, I always wanted to travel there. My first Caribbean island was in Jamaica, actually, on my second honeymoon, because I'd been married twice, (laughs) I hate to say. It's all right. And... uh, and divorced twice. <laughs> uh, we we'll, we'll just we we'll just we'll put that down to a bit of practice. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> absolutely. Um, 
But um, I went to Jamaica, that was my first island, and I just fell in love with it. And the culture is so rich, Jamaica. And the people are gutsy, but lovable. And then after that, I traveled to various other islands, but settled in Barbados. Barbadians are very lovely people. It's a, it, they're very fun. Mm. Um, and they have a lovely attitude to life. No matter what job they take on, they're happy. And there's a, there's a, they have a strong faith in God. And I think that, that's very important to me as well, my faith. And I just feel really part of it. I, I, the only difference with me is I've got white skin and not black. <laughs> um, and I have a lot of West Indian friends hmm. and they're just wonderful people it is a, love it, life it is a great place you're absolutely right one of my favorite places on the planet um i'm uh, for those listening uh, i want to put this into some kind of perspective now because um should yes. anyone be listening to this this conversation that we're having uh, janice and uh, think well this is um a, a young lady who has uh, Stills disease, all these challenges, and it, and is a kind of a a journey woman painter. Uh, just to put this in, into perspective, you have got quite a few. Well, let's let's say uh, well-heeled or celebrity clients, don't you? That buy your work uh, without, yes. you know, obviously name drop if you wish to, uh, as far as you can. Um, what kind of people buy your work because it is exceptional for those who haven't seen it? Yeah, a lot of <clears throat> my very first painting sold to a little old lady that lived down the road and she so wanted the painting. But now my life, I, I mix with all types of business people and celebrities and so forth. Um, people that love art and they and they are titled people, which I can't disclose who they are. Mm -hmm. Two people we can definitely mention are the Queen and HRH, the Prince of Wales, who attended a private showing of your work, I believe. So... Yes, yes. Prince Charles came to, to my exhibition in Sirencester and I met him and uh, he came to see my work. And um, I also was invited to Buckingham Palace to meet the Queen, uh, which was lovely. I was actually, many years ago, nominated for an award, but I didn't quite <laughs> quite make it. Um, I didn't get the award. Um, but a lot of people had written in for me. I think if I'd have been a civil servant, maybe I would have got the award. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time from what I can, can, from what I can see sitting here. Um, well, I can see myself as a baron. <laughs> well, I was going to say there's quite a few people out there. I, I, whatever the male equivalent of Baroness is, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, tell, <laughs> what about the, the work you do to improve the quality of disabled people, both here and in Barbados, yeah. I know is very, very important to you. Why, why do you give so much back to so many people? I believe in life, but we are all gifted and mine my gift is my art to give to others. And I think by reaching out and making other people's lives better, um, it's a worthy cause. It's, it's a worthy cause in itself. Um, I feel very strongly that my painting is a gift from God and I like to uh, do what I can for others. Um, I've raised 
quite a lot of money now over the years, probably half, over half a million, um, with various charities and so forth. Um, when I when I teach art to people and children, sorry, that are severely disabled and so on. They just smile, and you get such a warm response that you can't put a price on that. You can only know that you've made that child happy for that moment that you're working with them. And also adults, I've taught at uh, um, psychiatric units um, where people in psychiatric hospital, they, they seem lost. But you can reach out and art is a great therapy and you put a canvas in front of them and they just you know they can feel freedom in that space i i give you an example i was teaching a group of patients at the cheadle royal psychiatric hospital and um i had a very large canvas so i had four patients working on the canvas and one of them insisted on painting blackbirds and wanted to fill the whole canvas with blackbirds so I had to erase some of them to bring the sunshine into the picture and um, so eventually it's had a couple of blackbirds on the top right hand corner of the picture and the rest was a beautiful landscape with lots of nice colours because colour very vibrant colour stimulates the brain hmm. and can make a person feel happier and so they wanted me to take on a full-time job and I said no 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 I like to do it voluntary I don't want to be paid for this I want to just do it as a volunteer and I just loved it to see how they improved art can heal people painting can heal people and it was therapy to me and I am amazed at myself how my career has taken off. And I think it's because you give back. It, it's, I, I can recommend anybody that runs any kind of business to give back. Don't be afraid of giving out because you get it back tenfold mm. in lots of different ways. I'm, li I'm listening to you in awe. Uh, we have one thing and only one thing in common, and that's we both raise a lot of money for charity. But beyond that, you are far more talented than me. So um, I am sitting here, as I said, humbled, humbled in your presence. But um, be be beyond uh, beyond your faith, which clearly comes it comes across loud and clear, it's very, very important to you. Um, what, yes. what advice would you give? And no one is better qualified than you to to answer this question. What advice? would you give to anyone especially with the kind of disabilities you've just been describing uh, whether mental or physical that don't believe they have what it takes to achieve success the success that they dream of where do they start in that process by believing in themselves giving them confidence that you know they can believe in themselves a lot of people are gifted but they don't use their gifts and um, you have to believe in yourself and that takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage to stand out and step forward 
and do what you do to make a success of it. Yeah, because I, I, I'm listening to you and I, I wonder how you, how you muster so much strength yourself and all that determination since you were a young girl to, to go on to achieve what you've done. What do you, you know, what do you do on those days where it's not quite as, it, it doesn't all feel quite as upbeat and positive as it might do today, for example? You know, is there a routine that you go through? Do you reconnect with certain things? Um, is it your faith? Is it, you know, paint a new picture? What do you do to to deal with those, you know, bleak days? Because we all have those, don't we? Yes, yes. Well, my disability is a challenge every day of my life. I've had 21 knee replacements. I My bones are <laughs> not something I, I really share because I, I'm very positive and I look above all that but my bones are sort of dissolving some of them and I and I have uh, a migrating odontoid peg which is pressing on my brain stem so it's all a matter of time you know but I don't you know when it deteriorates but I don't think about life like that I have difficult days and those days I have to just um I start writing and do other things rather than paint. I'm writing a play at the moment as well. So there's always something, if you're not 100% one day, to stand up at an easel, because I stand and paint, um, you know, and um, so there's lots of alternatives. I'm always active. I'm always doing something mentally with either writing or um, connecting with people. You know that sort of thing. And so, yeah. And tell us about the the two books as well. In the time we've got left, two books and and exhibitions, because we'd we'd like to kind of track you down and find yes. out more about what you're doing. So the two books. Yeah, I I wrote the first book was Impressions of the Caribbean. There are a few copies left of that book, um, and um, it's like a coffee table book with lots of paintings. And the second book is my autobiography. It's it's a rather luxurious book because it's over 200 images of my work going right back. Um, the, the story goes right back to my childhood, um, how I developed my career and so on. Um, so that, that's a good read, I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm just thinking we'll have to see if we can get hold of one of your uh, books and, and we'll let a lucky listener uh, have it if they uh, if they drop us a message uh, via social media. Um, and then what about um, yeah. when's the next ex- exhibition? taking place how, how often do they yeah. do they happen well i have a i have this working studio in barbados so i have a, an exhibition once a year there mm-hmm. um and i'm aiming for another exhibition in london uh, the venue to be discussed um and a lot of my a lot of my paintings in the Caribbean are Caribbean work, but I paint very minimalist oval faces, very contemporary pieces, and that's what I want an exhibition next um, in London. So I'll be aiming for that. Plus, I have um, great confidence that I will be doing a documentary uh, in Asia to follow my brother's footsteps. So. And one of, one of the 
um, one of the things that with my my painting, um, when I when I do Asia, when I travel Asia, um, one of the charities I want to raise funds for is artistic artistic. Um, and also the smile train, um, because I think facial disfigurement is, is so important if you can help to make a child's life better. You know, a lot of them have cleft palates um, in India and so on in third world countries. So yeah, so that's where um, that's where I want to plough some of the, the money. <laughs> well, I mean, again, kudos to you. It's amazing to hear. Um, you know, you're, you're, if you don't mind me saying and stating the obvious, you know this, you know, your body is, is kind of packing up on you. Um, but you are yeah. so immensely joyful and positive and you do so much for so yeah. many people. I heard you say earlier, you know, you want to do things for people less fortunate than yourself. And I don't think there's a single person listening to this podcast who would want to swap places with you. I, I find it awe-inspiring that you should, you know, you should uh, consider that other people have got greater challenges and you're doing so much good in the world. So it won't be long before you become Baroness. I'm absolutely sure of that. Um, and I know, you know, I, I'm also fascinated by the fact that you, you know, you've, you've drawn likeness uh, to Picasso. I mean, there have be, been people who liken your work to, to that kind of style. But it's yeah. not just, yeah. you know, you mentioned earlier, um, you, you paint the human form, but you you paint landscapes. Uh, there's very, very few artists that are so multi-talented. Normally, they tend to focus on one particular um, style. Yeah. But I mean, you, yeah. everything you do covers, you know, uh, every, uh, every kind so of extreme. I yeah, I, I started painting English landscapes and flowers, and then I had my lunch one day when I was doing the art therapy, uh, teaching art um, at the psychiatric hospital, and I had my lunch with a Barbadian, uh, administ the administrator there, and he said, oh, you ought to try the Caribbean. He said, your work's beautiful now, but when you start living in the Caribbean, it'll just transform your life. And, and it's so vibrant a culture. Mm. Yeah. You know, you can't not paint it. And the children are so lovely. I've never had children, but, you know, you can love thousands more, can't you? Yeah, that's... You know, yeah, I don't look at it that I've got no children. I think, well, what can I do with other people's children and help other children? And that's what you do. You turn it on its head. Whatever's negative, you can turn it into good. So that's always been my my thoughts. Well, that's a, that's a lovely message to kind of get to the end of our podcast with. I have two final things I'd like to ask you, if I may. The first is just, yeah. just a quick reminder for everyone listening, uh, the names of your two books and also how we find out about you. you know, do you have a website or any social media presence? Because there'll be lots and lots of people wanting to look you up, I'm sure. Yes. Um, well, my books are called Impressions of the Caribbean. And the second book is called My Life on Canvas. My um, website is www.janissylviabrock.com. 
Fabulous. And, and the, that's that they can contact me. Okay, thank you for that. And the final question, uh, and I'm, I, I kind of know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask you anyway because this is the one question we ask every guest. Uh, and and the question is a simple one. If you did have a child, let's imagine, or let's let's just think yes. for a second that you were talking to one of those many thousands that you've come across in your time, and they said to you, uh, Janice Sylvia Brock, I need one simple piece of advice to help me venture out into the big wide world to make the very best of myself. What one piece of advice, given all that you now know, all that amazing life experience uh, and all that talent you have, what one single piece of advice would you give to a young version of yourself? I would say be strong, be positive, smile back at the world, even though the days are tough, and you will overcome and make something of your life and always have faith in yourself because that's where it starts. Wow, what a what a what an amazing way that it, just in that line. I mean, we've got half an hour's worth of content just in, in a single sentence. So, um, thank you so much. That was oh my goodness, I don't even know where to begin. In, in thank you, awe inspiring, totally awe inspiring. Janice Sylvia Brock, what a superstar! There are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks. Please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up more great tips on success or indeed overcoming adversity in life. Remember, you can follow us on social media, you know how that works now it's sandro's podcast sandro's with s don't forget keep the emails coming hello at sandro's podcast.com and don't forget to join us this time next week bye for now 